What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Movie Boys. I'm Tyler. I'm Rowdy. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about Edgar Wright's new film, The Last Night in Soho. And to start things off, Rowdy and I both went to go see this film. And for the for the major for the most part, had no idea what the film was about. All we knew was it was written and directed by Edgar Wright. That's enough for us. We were both definitely Edgar Wright uh, Edgar Wright fans to say the least, and we were not disappointed at all. Eh, I don't know. Um, one thing, one thing that I will lead this episode off with is this movie is heavily dependent on like knowing one thing and we're definitely going to spoil that and I can't recommend this movie enough so honestly this is probably going to be one of the only episodes where I recommend you go watch the film before you listen to the podcast because it is really good and I would I would rather you watch it without knowing the spoiler so just a heads up, this is going to be a huge spoiler that we're going to talk about. But basically, it's uh, the story is based on a girl named Ellie who is a, a medium, I guess, psychic medium. She can see oh, dead yeah. people, kind of. Yeah, they never really hang yeah. on it too yeah. much. Nope, they don't say anything about it, really. But basically, she grew up in like the countryside in England, and she wanted to move to London because she wanted to be a fashion designer. And she ends up renting a room from this uh, old woman, and she has dreams about a previous tenant there and basically how her life went. And it, it... basically ends up driving her crazy. Yeah. Well, essentially, like, the beginning of the movie, it sets up that she romanticizes the 60s. She's listening yeah. to the music. Mm-hmm. Her her clothes that she designs are inspired by that stuff right. and everything. Mm-hmm. And she starts to, when she starts seeing the world from Sandy's point of view. Uh-huh. She starts to see like the sixties were a shitty yeah. place, mm-hmm. just like it is now, but right mm-hmm. in a different way though, yeah, and so um <clears throat> but basically, it starts off with her uh they do a little bit of background um because she's living with her grandmother, and her grandmother's concerned about her moving to to London because apparently her mother seemingly could do the same thing, yeah. And she moved to London, and it drove her crazy, and she killed herself. Yeah. And so that's her grandmother's concern is like, look, don't do what your mother did. You know, if you go over there, you get overwhelmed, call me, and, you know, you can come back home. Yeah, which, I mean, the situation that she's originally in when she moves there is a fucking nightmare in my my opinion. Oh, living in the dorm? Yeah, and with living in a dorm with people who are constantly partying, to me, that's... That sounds like yeah, because like that's like the first scene when she gets into the city, is like the dorm that they're in. Like they just throw a huge party and she yeah. can't sleep, and she ends up 
gone. Well, her, her roommate yeah, brings a guy back to the room. And they're having sex, and she goes out into the common area of the dorm. And falls asleep, and then she wakes up, and she overslept for her class. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much what drove her to rent to look for another room to yeah. rent. Um, and then she rents a room from Miss Collins, who's played by Diana Rigg, the right. late Diana Rigg. This was her last role. But she's basically like... Set up as a motherly figure, I guess. Right, and that was that's like the vibe that I got when I was whenever she like first got introduced. I said, "Oh, okay, I see what's going on here. She's gonna feel at home because she basically she's gonna feel like she's living with her grandmother." Yeah, and like she had really strict rules. Like she was like, you know, I need the first and second rent, uh, or the first and last rent. Uh, you ain't allowed to have no boys over here after eight o'clock. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Like, and w- one of her biggest rules though is that she wouldn't rent to a boy. She'd only rent to girls. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, it was on the uh the poster or whatever oh, that yeah, she picks up. No boys. Yeah. Oh, okay. Women only. I think is what oh. it said. Which, when you look back at the twist, it makes right. It does make sense. sense. Which d- even. Even without the twist, it makes sense that an old lady wouldn't want to rent a room to a yeah, man. That's true. But um but yeah, pretty much after that, like um she goes to bed that night. Oh my god, and that light, the light that flashes oh, the from French, the restaurant the next French door. Bistro yeah, the bistro yeah. next door. It's got like a an LED light and or a uh, what's it called? A um, a neon light. Yeah, and it, and it just flashes different, different colors. Yeah. Oh god, that would drive. I was like, nope, never mind. Give my money back. I'm Blackout moving out. Curtains, dude. I solid. guess. Jiffy. But anyway, so like the very first night, she has a dream about this woman. Like she's dreaming that she's this woman from the '60s. Yeah, played by Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, and like she's trying to be a singer, and she goes to this club, and she's like, "Hey, I want to um, audition to be a singer." And like they go dancing and they just have this good time, this yeah. great old time. And the guy's like, "Oh, I'll be able to get you an audition." And yeah, and you can immediately tell, like, uh, what was his name, Jack, who's yeah. like the the manager of the talent. Yeah, is like a fucking creep uh, kind uh-huh. of. Yep. No. Uh, yep. But like it, it sets up that tone though earlier in the movie too, like uh, whenever Eloise first gets to London. The cab driver's talking to her. I mean, you made that joke about fake taxi. Oh, like, yeah. oh you you going to suck my cock or whatever. Yeah. And then he immediately, like, switches to that mode. And I was like, oh, my God, that was a joke. Yeah, but, that was dude, a joke. don't do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, like, she goes into that store and, and waits for him to leave. But it, it's definitely that tone of the movie that, like... People take advantage of you, basically. Oh, well, yeah, because, like, her grandmother, like, she painted London as, like, this basically, like, this hellhole yeah. of, like, sin and smut and yeah. everything. And us being, you know, pretty, living relatively close to the city, we're like, it ain't that bad. Yeah. But then, like, they go through the throes of it. I'm like, eh, yeah, it's We're, we're not in show business like that. Yeah, that's true, too. But, yeah, uh, it sets that up, though, uh... Sandy and Jack basically start a relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, a romantic relationship uh, along with their manager. Right. And managee yeah. uh, relationship. Yeah. And that's the thing is like um, the, um, you know, she wakes up and she goes to school or whatever. And, and yeah. it, she's like, she has this thing where like 
she can't wait to go back to sleep. Yeah, because uh, she wants to continue the dream. Like, there's a guy that's trying to hang out with her, and he's asking her, "Hey, you want to go hang out?" Yeah, she's like, "No, I'm gonna go home and sleep." Basically, is what she says. Mm-hmm. And but. and so like the the second time that she goes in dreaming, she basically gets that's conf- the audition. Yeah, she gets confronted with the reality that. She did the audition that Jack set up for her, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, and she can sing. And that right there kind of threw it off for me. I was like, okay, then what was she auditioning for? Yeah. And then whenever you get to see her show and her actually perform, they basically just have her as a extra, basically. Yeah, she's in the background in like a really small outfit. Yeah, a really slutty outfit, and they've got them dancing and showing off their butt and, and stuff like that. And she goes backstage and like... You just see all kinds of filth. And yeah. The girls are just sleeping with each other. And, and yeah. One girl like OD'd. Yep. And yeah, yeah, it's just, it was really bad. And like... Basically, her and Jack have a fight because, because she, she's like, "That's not what I signed up for." Yeah. And he's like, "You told me you were willing to work your way up, or whatever." And it's one of those things that it more and to this day, I mean, we saw it with uh, Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein. Yeah, you know that's you know that is still something that is very prominent in show business. Yep. Is you know powerful people are taking advantage of other people that are trying to make it in the show business. I think honestly that's never going to go away. No, I don't think people it is. just got to do a better job at calling it out and believing in well, what they do. But here's the problem. Here's the huge problem. There's people, men, women alike of all shapes and sizes. Yeah. They're willing to do that. They don't give a shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And as long as that's the case, there's going to be there's going to be people that are going to be pressured into doing that. So, like you said, I don't think it's ever going to go away. Yeah. Um, it's it's just awful, but this movie did a really good job at showing that. Right. Mm-hmm. But, so, basically, um, long, um, Sally, seemingly against her will, gets put out to be a prostitute. Sandy. Sandy. Why do yeah. I keep calling her I Sally? Because I guess you're mixing Ellie Ellie and Sandy, uh, yeah. maybe. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, she basically turns out to be a, a prostitute. She ends up being a prostitute. Yeah, and they go through a whole montage of her just, you know, sleeping with guy after guy after guy and it, going through the exact same, like, scenario over and over again. a really good job at sh- th- with that montage of her, like, starting off. Like with the responses that she was given to right. what's your name, mm-hmm. and she'd give a different name every time, but eventually got to where she realized that the guy doesn't care. It's just yeah, like a song a and dance that they're going. Yeah, because through. no matter what she said, the guy would always say, "Oh, that's a beautiful name." Yeah, no matter what she said, yeah. except but for one who ended up being a cop. Yeah, he's like, "Look, you don't need to do this. Yeah, you, know, you shouldn't be doing this." And. That guy, uh, he looks so familiar. That actor, I couldn't place him. Nah, I've never seen him in anything. I think that I, know it, of. I think when I looked it up, he was in Hunger Games or some shit. Oh really? Yeah, he's one of the champions or something. I don't know. No. It's soft talk. But anyway, um, well, and and basically the whole time Ellie is watching all this, and she's like, "No, you yeah. don't have to do this, Sandy. Don't do this to yourself. Stop yeah. it. Don't do it." Well, it eventually ends up with. Her and Jack 
in bed together. Yeah, and Sandy Jack, and Jack. And yeah, Sandy and Jack, and he pulls a knife on her. Yeah. And there's Which, some, this scene, like, we're we're leaving out, uh, fuck, what's his name? John. John is uh, Ellie's classmate, mm-hmm. who they get to know each other. Right. And this scene with uh, Sandy and Jack in bed is, at the same time, uh, uh, John and Ellie. Oh yeah, are that's in bed. right. They come to bed together. Yeah, and Ellie breaks the rules of bringing a guy home. Right. And yeah. Because she wants to get her mind off of the Sandy stuff. Right. Because because that's one thing that I guess I forgot to mention is that after each dream, more and more so, she starts to see things in while she's awake. Yeah. From the dreams. Like, yeah, and she's uh the. The Sandy and Jack thing happens while she's awake. Like her yeah. and John are making out, and then the poor guy, dude. Yeah, John, he must have been scarred from that. He was he's a trooper. literally scarred because yeah. he stepped on glass on his way out. Yeah, he that dude's a trooper. But um, uh, but yeah, like she basically has like a manic episode. Yeah, and sees uh Sandy. What you think is Sandy getting stabbed to death mm-hmm. by Jack, but. The twist in the movie is that Sandy killed Jack. Yeah, and she actually killed every man that she slept yeah, with. Yeah, that's something that's really cool about the way they shot those. Is uh, like you the whole time uh, Ellie's seeing like these ghosts. Yeah, of the of men the, that she the, slept with. Yeah, and progressively like you start understanding what they're saying more because right. it starts off with them moaning and then mm-hmm. they're saying like really muffled words and mm-hmm. then eventually they they're start saying, saying help, help me. me. Yeah. Yep. And then like you start suspecting something mm-hmm. and then the twist comes when Ellie's getting ready to go back home, home. because she's tired of everything. Yeah. She uh, finds out that, uh, Miss Collins, the woman she's written the room from, was Sandy, mm-hmm. and that she's been killing all those men all those years, yeah. yeah. And that they're in the wall; they're literally in the walls. Yeah, mm-hmm. which she's hiding the bodies on the floorboards and the walls and stuff like that. Which that twist, man, it was amazing. Yeah, and the it way was. It, they executed it was perfection. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was just it was sad, but it was. It's like that's the thing. This this movie, like you experience just about every emotion watching this movie. Yeah, and it, it's just because like you feel so good for Ellie because like throughout the movie she's she's getting inspired from her dreams to design a dress. Yeah, and she's basically excelling in classes in her yeah. classes because she's designing that dress. But then she slowly starts to go mad yeah. because of everything that's going on. And so, like, you literally, you feel happiness, anxiety, sadness. They throw it all at you. Yeah. Like, this, the, it was, it, I'm going to go out and say a stereo, a, a stereo, make a stereotypical statement and say this movie was a roller coaster. Yeah, definitely. Edgar Wright and Christy Wilson Cairns did a, a really good job at writing yeah. the script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so obviously the movie was directed by Edgar Wright. It was co-written by Edgar Wright. And like Rowdy said, uh, Christy Wilson, Carnes, Cairns, however you want to say that. I think it's Cairns. Uh, the score was done by Stephen Price, which, in my opinion, 
it wasn't anything like amazing, like nothing really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. But that's a good thing. I hate it when score if a if, if a score is going to stick out, it needs to be good. It was this movie in terms of music was more carried by the soundtrack, right? Because it's just like all and the sixties sh- and shocker there. That's yeah. it, right? Yeah, he. It was it was really really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, the cinematography was done by Chung Hoon Chung, and um, it was a uh, star by Thomason McKenzie who yeah. played Ellie. She was amazing. Yeah, she her performance was absolutely and amazing. She uh she I was reading she made like the biggest career move for this movie too cuz she was cast in Top Gun, the remake that they're doing. Uh-huh. She dropped out of it to, to start this. this, yeah. Ah. And honestly, like this movie we're going to talk about it later, but it didn't make its money back. Mhm. But she fucking she needs to be nominated for an Oscar for yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, she does. Um which we fear that it's going to get snuffed just because of the fact that it's technically a horror film. Yeah, and the Academy fucking hates horror for some reason. Um, it was uh, co-starred by Anya Taylor-Joy, who played young Sandy. Yeah. And then uh, Matt Smith played Jack, who was basically the pimp. Yeah. And then uh, Diana Rigg, R.I.P., she played the old Sandy. And then Michael... Ajo, Aho, Aho. I think it's Ajo. Ajo. Uh, he played John, basically uh, Ellie's boyfriend. Boyfriend of the year. Yeah, yep, that man deserves he goes, all the He goes all the through points. it. And didn't even, they weren't even girlfriend and boyfriend and girlfriend yet. And you know what? Thinking back on it, he never complains about mm. anything. No, he's, he's just like, like, let me he's help like, you. He's like, let me help you. I want to yeah. help you. And then uh, Terrence Stamp. Uh, he oh was, yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, he because like, like we mentioned the cop in um we mentioned the cop that you know talked to young Sandy and was like, hey, you don't really have to do this, you know. Yeah, you can talk to me or whatever. There's like a subplot going on with Ellie where she keeps seeing this. Uh, she keeps seeing Terrence Stamp's character around the neighborhood she lives in, and the right. whole time you think it's Jack. Yeah, and he's creepy as fuck. And then she confronts him about killing Sandy. And then he gets hit by a friggin' car. And then you find out that it wasn't Jack, it was the cop. He that, was the, Yeah, he was the that, cop. Yeah, that tries to save Sandy. Which that, oh my God, that's another twist in this movie that yep. was amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this whole movie, everything about it I yep. loved. All right, so that brings us to our first topic, uh, Edgar Wright in general. I mean, I'm about to say something that I don't think a lot of people know, Tyler. Okay, let's hear it. Edgar Wright is my favorite director of all time. favorite director. I've never seen a bad movie, a bad minute of any of his movies, ever. I still need to see Shaun of the Dead. You still need to see Shaun of the Dead, End of the World. Uh, What else haven't you seen? I think that might be it. Yeah. I think that's you've it. seen Baby Driver, obviously. Mm-hmm. You've seen uh, Last Night in Soho, Scott Pilgrim. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, I've seen Hot Fuzz. But yeah, this movie, though, is sort of like, honestly, it felt like the stuff that he learned doing Baby Driver, mm-hmm. the, the technical stuff of it. Right. He perfected it in this, mm-hmm. like with the camera work that they went yeah. through and everything. With, there's... There's these really cool mirror shots that they do where, I mean, on film it looks like it's two different people 
or one right. person's looking in, into a mirror and it's a different person looking right. back. Right. And they do so many good cuts with it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just perfect. Yeah. It looks seamless. Yeah. Like, and it's one of those things, it's it's one of those shots that make people think, oh my God, I wonder how they did that. Yeah. And then when you. And a lot of the time is everybody's answer these days is, oh, they did CG. it with CG. Yeah. Like, no, almost all of them, or if I'm not mistaken, all of them were practical. Yeah. They did all of that practical. Yeah, they did. Most of the time they weren't really using mirrors. They were just yeah. in another room and it looked like a mirror, yeah. but still. The amount of work that went into that, dude. Well, like you said, the sets. That's where the most of the budget probably went was yeah. the sets. Because that's the thing. You have to build the mirror image inside the other room and then just have old girl, you know. Do what the other one's mm-hmm. doing, basically. Yeah, sync up and everything. So Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks it looked really good. Um, just the cinematography in general was good. It was really good. Yeah. There wasn't I can't think of a bad thing to say about this movie. Honestly. Right. And that's the and that's one thing I'll say about the cinematography is is it's I'm you know, I'm, I'm a Roger Deakins stan and Roger Deakins even says he's like the cinematography's not supposed to stick out. The cinematography is supposed to just support the story. Yeah. And that's one of those things, like whenever she was in school and everything, mm-hmm. they were like those really like um high key lighting like really bright really like it literally looked like a like a rom-com yeah, you know like over the shoulder shots yeah and just really stereotypical stuff yeah but then at night whenever she's dreaming and you go back to the 60s and everything it's really cinematic yeah. and really and it just it just it it was so good yeah. it was really really good yeah and as far as writing goes this is up there with his best, with Edgar Wright's best that he's done. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much. Uh, I can't. The other writer. Oh, uh, Christy Wilson, Karen. Yeah, I I don't know how much she contributed to it. I I imagine he brought her in to polish out the nuances of women being taken advantage of and everything. That's, yeah, like getting that a from point. a woman's perspective. But I know he writes the majority of his movies, right? Mm-hmm. Which. I mean, he's he's a master at it. He's up there with Tarantino with yeah. his mm-hmm. dialogue, mm-hmm. but it's structurally it's perfect too. Yeah, like, there's nothing bad about it. Yeah, and that's one thing that I'll say um, that like when you want to talk about the themes of the movies, you know, you're literally trying to what's the word? You're trying to fuse, I guess, or. I guess have the themes complement each other yeah. because we're going from seemingly modern times. I'm assuming it was set in 2020 or 2021, yeah, somewhere around somewhere thereabout. Yeah. And then you go back to the sixties and they just, they did a really good job because that's the whole thing. It's like I was saying earlier was the dress that Sandy was wearing. They, uh, Ellie used that as inspiration for designing her own dress in present times. Yeah. And it just goes to show you, like, if it's done right, you can bring the past into the future and make it, you know, she, and that was the thing is she modernized it and made it look good. Cause like we said earlier, you know, she was excelling in class and her teacher was really proud of what she was coming up with. And and at the end of the film, she even gets her own showcase. Yeah. And And she, uh, what was it? She, oh no, it's the same dress. Never mind. Uh, I was. But I mean, she yeah. had different dresses. Yeah, but, yeah, it was just different colors. But yeah, yeah, she had a bunch of different um, models and everything for her. Uh, what's it called? Show. 
Um, I think it's a showcase. Fashion show. Yeah. Fashion showcase. But um, they did really good with the themes. Yeah, it was all around this movie. I can't think of a bad thing to say about it. So oh, um, I'm trying. I, I know. I know. Um, horror. Um, I called it a horror with a twist. Because like I said, I I didn't get any remote inkling that it was a horror film. I mean, basically until she started seeing the the ghosts. Yeah, the ghosts yeah. of the of the Johns, basically that she was killing. Yeah, the way I saw it uh, being marketed, it was basically Edgar Wright making a, a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I knew coming into it that it was gonna have horror elements to it, but I didn't see it as a as a typical horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't. Like, it had ghosts and shit in it, like right. a paranormal horror movie. It was more so like a societal horror right. going like, on. Because that's the whole thing is I don't, re- I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't really remember like any jump scares or anything like that. In I think it. the only one was that I remember is at the library. Like, she okay. turns a corner and there's a, a, one of the ghosts. One of the there. ghosts there, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, that's when she's about to stab that other student, yeah, like the and, main mean girl. And John stops her. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's just it. It was such a great film. Yeah, I know. Like me personally, I hate it when I can watch a film and I can call things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, this is what's gonna happen, or oh, they're the bad guy, or oh, they're gonna be the betrayer, mm-hmm. or whatever, what have you. And but I also don't like it when like yeah i can't guess the plot because it's really com- it can be really complicated but then it has a messy ending because they have to tie everything together yeah. you know what i mean it's like oh well this is why this happened this is why this happened this is why this happened but like i just love it when there's so many loose ends and then they all come together at one point yeah. and all they do is say oh this is the piece of information that you're missing and everything just falls into place i love that yeah and it like executed. knives out oh my god that was orgasmic yeah and so that's what happened here like <clears throat> you you think that sandy got murdered but in reality she was murdering all those guys and then you wonder why that you know you have that connection with the room and come to find out that she owns the damn house yeah because they find out that you know old sandy basically lives there and she ends up trying to <laughs> she tries to kill ellie and john she poisons ellie and then john sh- ellie tells uh i can't remember her name old sandy basically <clears throat> that she's alone mm-hmm and but then, John's really waiting outside. Yeah, because he's gonna take her back to her grandma's house. Yeah, and that that was a f- a really uh, comedic uh, revolution that he's got a car. Because oh yeah, she's, she's so surprised that he's got a car, and he's like, "How else would I get from South London to North London?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she, he comes in and he just gets 
fucked up immediately. Yeah, like it's like, oh, oh yeah, come on in, stab, stab, yeah. and I'm like, God dang, yeah, my boy like, John went through it. You think he's gonna save the day, but immediately, like he just gets fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, and then Ellie's like borderline paralyzed, and she crawls upstairs. Yeah, and the house is on fire because she knocks her cigarette into oh, the yeah, trash can. That's what it is. Oh no, into the record box. Yeah, to the vinyls, so the vinyls caught on fire. Well, basically, the building burns to the ground, and Ellie and John get out. And and Sandy kills herself in the fire, basically. Yeah, she just stays in the fire because she sees all the ghosts in there or whatever. It's so good. Honestly, I didn't see the ending coming. I thought it was just going to be... I thought it was just going to end with her just leaving London forever. Mm -hmm. And then... I don't know. I was just really surprised at how it ended. I yeah, like it. I said, it's one of those things like you you had quite a quite a few things that were like open ended and then just like that one piece of information just gave yeah. you clarity. You're like, That's why this happened. That's why this happened. That's why this happened. Yeah, I'm like, I'm definitely excited for Edgar Wright's next movie. Because, like, whenever she was in the library and she was reading all these articles, it's like, oh, person murdered, yeah. two people murdered, one and, person murdered, and, and like all the these thing murders. The about it is, is that it wasn't women being murdered or anything. It no. was the Johns. Mm-hmm. Like, I recognized one of them who's, like, a tall, skinny dude with, like, really gaunt cheeks. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, that's the dude that Sandy's with earlier. Mm-hmm. And then right after that is when you hear them say, help me, and I'm, I still didn't put it together. And yeah. I feel so stupid looking back. Well, and it's one of those things that it's subtle because you got to think that scene was a very, like, a very, um, what's the word? A very chaotic, chaotic yeah, scene. Yeah, like, the ghosts are just closing in on her. And she's running for her life. And, and she she's almost like, kills yeah, that She almost girl. kills that girl by stabbing her in the face with some scissors. Yeah. My boy John came to the rescue again. God damn, dude. He's boyfriend of the year, bro. I'm telling you. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is this is seemingly going to be a shorter episode because I can't find anything bad to say about this movie. What? Well, where would you rank this in the Edgar Wright movies that you've seen? I'm going to say number two behind Scott Pilgrim. Really, I love Scott Pilgrim. Me so and Rebecca, dude, me and Rebecca used to watch that movie every single night before we went to bed. Yeah, I could, I could see Scott Pilgrim being your number one. It's this, just like that comic book feel. This would be, I think, because I love like cheesy action movies so much. Mm-hmm. That's why Hot Fuzz is Hot my Fuzz, number one. Yeah, but this would probably be my number, my number three. Mm-hmm. Behind uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Okay. And then I would put Baby Driver and then World's End and then Scott Pilgrim. See, I love Baby Driver, but Kevin Spacey ruined that movie. Well, he definitely ruins it when you rewatch it, but I still remember like how I felt leaving that movie. Oh, I was yeah. blown away by the technicality. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. It, it was just so, like, it was very Tarantino-y with the dialogue. Mm-hmm. Everything was, like, quick and smart. Mm-hmm. It was just, to me, that was amazing. But, yeah, I would I would put Scott Pilgrim last. It's not necessarily, I don't think it's bad at oh, all. No, obviously, somebody's got to be last. Yeah, and Edgar Wright, to me, like I said, has never made a bad minute of film ever. Yeah. And I love it. Oh, God, I love those movies so much. Yeah. So um, what was your favorite scene 
um, I would say the initial, uh, the first time uh, Ellie takes over uh, Sandy's memories, basically. Okay. Like the first mirror shot. Yeah. But that was really impressive, and plus that's where uh, the twins, Edgar Wright has this signature where he has twins in his movie, oh, and that's where the twins were. That's the right. The maitre d' was played by the twins that played the Weasley twins. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I would have to say my favorite scene was in the whole thing in the library. Yeah. Whenever, whenever John stops her from stabbing that girl in yeah, the face, yeah, it's really chaotic. Because not only, not only did, not only did all that happen, it also like because like you kind of hate that girl. It makes you hate want to. The the movie sets it up to where it makes you want to hate that girl. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, mean, I don't think she deserved to. I don't think she deserved to die over it. Yeah. So I think that was like the perfect thing. Like you, your life flashed before your eyes. Like I guarantee you, that girl shit her pants she might deserve a little cut on the cheek though because it's implied earlier earlier in the movie the night that ellie has that vision uh-huh. of sandy getting killed or what she thought was sandy getting killed uh-huh. is that she drugged her and john oh that's right yeah, i forgot so about she that. might deserve a little nick on mm, the cheek yeah i hated that bitch yeah but yeah that was a good scene though in the library yeah so uh, one out of ten. What do you rate it? Nine and a half. I'm I'm giving it a ten. Yeah. I don't I, have I a single bad thing to say about this that. film. Like, it's, it's if I'm not mistaken, this is the first movie that I'll, out of all the podcasts we've done that I've given a movie a ten. But I I'm I loved every of, minute of that film. I'm trying to think of what I would give a ten. I think I gave the thing a ten. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I probably did. That's my favorite movie ever. But yeah, this would it. it I'd give it a ten too. It could go either way. I just, I uh, like I said, I can't really think of. Re- I can't think of any critiques. Like it was, it was executed perfectly. Because yeah. like that's my whole thing. Is like you know my three things are, you know I don't want to be able to guess the plot. Number two, I don't want the score to be distracting. Like I said, if it, if it's going to be a score and it's not good, don't be distracting. It definitely elevated the movie. Because freaking, uh, what's it, Uncut Gems or whatever? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That movie was really good, but that score was a, was a, a sin, to say the least. I honestly think Uncut Gems is overrated. I... The only the, I think the number one reason I liked it so much is because it would it did a really good job of showcasing Adam Sandler's ability. Yeah, that I've 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 the closest I've ever seen him get to that was in Click, and even then that was a little cheesy. Well, uh, Punch Drunk Love was like see him. I haven't seen that. that. That's probably his best acting is and, that movie. And see before that I think the best acting I ever saw him really do was in uh, Fifty First Dates. I'm thinking of a scene from that movie. That's why I'm smiling. But hey so man, you gotta you gotta cut because I feel something like of me. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Schneider's a piece of shit, but that movie's hilarious. So, but yeah, that's that's a perfect example of a movie that like the fucking the score just yeah. ruined it for me. And then my third thing is the like I said that one 
that one piece of information that they can reveal and everything just it ties happens. it all together. Yeah. Those, if it's got those three things, then it's it's set up for success on Tyler's on Tyler's one to ten. Honestly, thinking about it, I would give it a ten too, but also I would give this might be biased, but I'd give every Edgar Wright movie a ten. Yeah, maybe. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's amazing. I love it so much. You need to watch Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Uh I but guess you I'll hate zombies though, don't you? Well, here's the thing though. It's also a comedy. It's it's more of a comedy than a zombie movie. Exactly, and that's fine. I I can't stand like dramatic zombie movies. Yeah. Is it, is it def- it, well, it's got some dramatic moments too. Well, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's Hot Fuzz had dramatic moments in it too, but it was making fun of it at the same time. Honestly, thinking to Shaun of the Dead, I see parallels between me and a character in that. I think that's why I like it so much, and it's not a good thing. That's <laughs> why I see parallels. When you watch it, you'll see. Okay, well, I'll keep that and in mind. And anybody listening to this that knows me and have seen Shaun of the Dead, you know who I'm talking about, but yeah. yeah. But Okay, guys, well, I guess that's going to wrap this episode up for uh, The Last Night in Soho. Um, like I said, I highly recommend this film. I'm hoping that if you got to this point of the podcast that you went and saw it before. If that you way didn't, you're fucking stupid. Because I'm telling you, that movie is amazing. I I do really hope that you didn't make it all the way through this podcast without watching the film first. What the fuck is wrong with you? Wow. <laughs> but as always, uh, be sure to follow uh, Rowdy and I on social media. Nips be popping. Rowdy is at N- Nips be popping, and Nipples I am poppin'. I'm at Tyler Doherty. And uh, yeah, that's gonna be it for this episode of the Movie Boys. Uh, I'm Tyler. I'm the the rowdy. I'm movie boy. Wow. And uh, we will see you guys in the next one.